The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's our last weekly news roundup of the year. And even as we head into a holiday weekend, I got to tell you, bureaucrats and shipwrecks are still making news in this city. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to break down the top stories. It's Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Means, happy winter solstice. Happy winter solstice, Allie. That means it's what, the shortest day of the year? The shortest day of the year. We're recording this at about noon on Wednesday, which means today is the shortest day of the year. And that means that it only gets brighter. That's really hopeful. Right. And I hope that that carries us into the next year. The sun will come out tomorrow for longer. <laughs> Thank God. Hopefully it starts warming up a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have to... Uh, look outside my window at 4.45 p.m. and be like, oh, my God, I haven't been outside yet. I know. I know. That's how it usually goes for me. Yeah. That's when I start to get my, like, my darkness anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into the news this week. I feel like this is the time of year when the top story is always homelessness because it's cold. We always get like an emergency order around this time of year. I think that's because the plan is never good enough. (laughs) And we got one of those this week. Saw the press release. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. And it holds true for this year as well. Um, So this past week, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall signed an emergency order to expand capacity at the two homeless resource centers that are within the city. So those shelters already typically full, but they had already expanded capacity a little bit for overflow support this year. Mm -hmm. So now they're expanding even further. And Salt Lake City isn't the only city that did this. So did Mill Creek Mayor Jeff Silvestrini. Uh, He expanded capacity at the overflow shelter there. And South Salt Lake Mayor Sherry Wood expanded capacity at the Homeless Resource Center in South Salt Lake. So um, this is in response to the very cold and wintry weather that we've been having lately. Mayor Aaron Mendenhall says that at least five unsheltered people have died on the streets just in the past week due to the cold, which is tragic and shouldn't be happening. This is a temporary, this is just like a 30-day temporary order, right? Exactly. This is an executive order. So what happens after the 30 days is our Salt Lake City Council will have to extend the order. Mm, Okay. I mean, I'm just kind of imagining quite a few people crammed into these shelters that are already, for the most part, at capacity. You know, more more cots kind of smushed in there just to get people out of the cold. And to be clear, a fall that is basically they're calling a triple demic because there are three serious viruses 
that are circulating that people are dealing with. Yeah, well, and that's something that's, um, I mean, it's not interesting. <laughs> uh, it's it's sad because the options that we have on the table this year in terms of overflow are all congregate shelters. Last year, we had more hotel style rooms, you know, where people could have some more privacy, um, where people wouldn't have to be breathing the same airspace as a bunch of other people. And I think there's been some hesitancy by our unsheltered population to go in and use these congregate shelters for that reason. And actually, I talked to Andrew Johnston from the city who advises the mayor on homelessness. Mm -hmm. And he said that, I mean, that was his hunch, too. Like, a lot of people haven't been going in because they preferred the motel-style shelter. I mean, this is what the mayor called a Band-Aid response. You know, like, we're trying to get people out of this deadly cold, and this is basically the only thing we can think to do right at this moment. Right. So there are some other options that are available that have that are really interesting to me as well. This past weekend, we saw some grassroots organizations host a weekend-long movie night at the Methodist Church downtown yeah. on a 2nd and 2nd. Did you go? Yeah, I did go and I dropped off some blankets there. I was impressed by how they were able to pull that together. I don't know mm. how long it took them to organize this, but there was food, you know, there was coffee, there was there was heat. Mm -hmm. And what I heard was that each night it was open, there were like approximately 80 people who went in. So that was a really interesting model to me. And what I've been seeing, you know, on the Twitterverse and in regards <laughs> to all of this is we have lots of empty churches in uh, Salt Lake. I was just about to say that. Yep. Seems like a good use. I mean, one struggle is how many people it takes to staff these and make sure they're safe, make sure people have what they need. But that's also something that, you know, the more formalized shelters are struggling with as well. So it's, again, a Band-Aid solution. And the grassroots organizations are putting together another couple of movie nights this week as well while it's cold. At the movie nights, like theoretically, could can people sleep or? People are sleeping there. I think it's kind of a workaround because uh -huh. if you call it a shelter, I mean, technically... That's not allowed. We have a moratorium on shelters in Salt Lake City. Right. So if you frame it as, you know, we're just hosting this event for this for this night and this night and this night, I think that's how they get around that. Yeah. And I remember going down when they used to do the warming room, the weekend center warming room. And they had to be, my understanding is they had to be strict about the fact that you couldn't sleep. Like they had chairs set up and people couldn't lay down. And if they fell asleep, there were people who walked around and woke them up because it was just a space for getting warm. But if they had like people sleeping there, then it was a shelter. And it was just so complicated. But like, I mean, not letting people sleep is like a literal form of torture. And so it was just like not a good, not a good option. But this seems like a much better, much cozier option. Yeah, it seems like it. And I asked Andrew Johnston from the city what he what he made of these movie nights. Um, you know, if, if they if they were on the city's bad list for doing this, yeah. and he he commended the organizers for putting something together while it's so cold. So the last thing I wanted to say about this and the executive order. Back in my legislative reporting days, you know, I covered this bill, HB 440, that required the cities to come up with an overflow plan for the winter and expand the HRCs if needed. And there was a lot of opposition from the cities 
around that expansion because Mm. of the potential impacts to the neighborhood. So to see the cities coming together now and being like, well, I guess we'll expand further than what was asked anyway. Maybe that's something that could have happened much sooner if there wasn't that opposition to it. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe we'll see some legislation around this. I think this is probably a lesson for, you know, Representative Steve Ellison, who wrote that bill, who sponsored that bill. And I'm really curious to see what he comes up with next year. Well, I do want to shout out, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I put in a plug for the point in time count, which is basically the annual census of unsheltered neighbors in Salt Lake. And it is a really intense form of volunteerism. And we've had eight listeners sign up to be on point in time count teams. So shout out to all those people. It's not too late. If you want to learn more about the count or volunteer, you can email me or DM the show and I will get you connected with a team or you can form your own team. And um, yeah, Shout out to CityCast listeners for wanting to be part of a solution or at least resource development around this issue. We love to see our community show up. Absolutely. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Okay, I believe it is time for some Great Salt Lake news, which means it's time for the Great Salt Lake theme song. Hit it! I should think you're great. Slow jams at the Great Salt Lake. Yeah, that's right. So good. Okay. Apparently, Herman Melville is contributing to KSL now because (laughs) 
Listen to this story. Shipwreck unearthed at the Great Salt Lake. What? Wow, wow, wow. And like, here are the details of this shipwreck that they have discovered. The Utah Department of Natural Resources has discovered at the Great Salt Lake, of course, because the lake levels are getting lower and lower. And so they don't have to really dive down to find it. It's basically just like popping out now. This ship was the W.E. Marsh Number 4. And it was, I love this. It was last seen afloat in 1936, which is like, (laughs) feels like such a crazy thing to say. But yeah, it's a 1930s era ship that has now been discovered in the Great Salt Lake. And the thing about this story that took me really off the deep end, no pun intended, is there are others? No way. Yes. Okay, Allie, I have a lot of questions for you. Hit me. Which I'm sure you can answer. I'll try. First, What happened to the people who were on the ship? Okay, great question. They probably just floated to shore. This is okay. Brings me to my next question. How are how how do ships sink in the Great Salt Lake? Yeah. I just felt like I thought from everything I knew about the lake, things could not sink. Okay, tinfoil hat on. (laughs) Save our Great Salt Lake, organize this shipwreck to get people thinking (laughs) about the lake. This is an organizing tool and Uh it's The brilliant minds that save our Great Salt Lake that have planted this ship to get us talking about receding waters of the lake. That is my tinfoil hat theory. Not fact-checked, not validated, not real. (laughs) Someone drove it in in a Tacoma. (laughs) Just just left it there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, Amy Joy O'Donohue from the Deseret News, if you could... uh, Give us a call and let us know how this is possible. We'd we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Yeah. So here's how you can find out more if you don't have plans on New Year's Day. On January 1st, the DNR is organizing a hike out at the lake. I mean, it's more of a walk as the lake is quite flat. But there are at least two shipwrecks in the Great Salt Lake. And you'll be able to explore them and, like, hear the backstory. And then I think they're also going to talk about some other, like, I don't want to say antiquities, artifacts that are Mm -hmm. around the lake. So Mm -hmm. if you want to do that on January 1st, I'll put a link in the show notes. And um, you can go and start the year off at the lake with a nice walk. And you'll probably run into Nan Seymour while you're you're there. I would recommend that y'all take Allie up on that offer to go hike the lake. It's really cool, actually. Yeah. I've been out to uh, Great Salt Lake State Park more in the past year than I had, oh, you know, in my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. And yeah. they have these incredible park rangers there. So I'm sure you'll learn a lot. I think one of the things that's like in terms of, of course, the crisis at the lake, these kinds of stories like these shipwrecks and things like that, like these cultural stories about the lake, I think are really important because there are ways to remind us of its importance that don't feel as dire as, mm-hmm. you know, talking about toxic dust storms. But, of course, the lake is an environmental crisis, and a lot of Salt Lakers are very worried about it. And we've had this, like, record snowfall, and I think a lot of people are wondering if that has helped the lake. And Salt Lake Tribune to the rescue, they looked into it. So the lake needs to gain like 11 feet to get back to what they're calling its Goldilocks era, Mm -hmm. which means like not great, not like problem solved, but better, Better. survivable, less of a panic button scenario. 
And so the short answer is no. Like this record snowfall has not saved the lake. It hasn't made a significant dent. It's not bad for the lake. It's helpful. But we're talking an inch or two when we need to be gaining like, you know, 11 feet. Wow. Really puts things into perspective. I know. Yeah. Well, when you talk about water, it's so hard to like, it's just so uh, volume is just a hard thing to think about. Yeah. How many Stanley Cupfuls of water do we need to get to restore the lake? Right. 100,000 adventure quenchers. If every Utah mom got together and filled their Stanley and marched it down to the lake, honestly, we might be able to do it. Okay. Let's move on. Before we go, Emily, you and I both love movies. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And by that, I mean it's when all the movies come out ahead of. The good ones. Ahead of festival season and also ahead of like the Oscars and the Golden Globes and all the big like awards thingies. I want to ask you what your three favorite movies this year were. I had to really think on this because I have only been watching Gilmore Girls for like the past three oh, months. Yeah, so yeah, you're one of those. I know. I know. Uh, OK. The My most recent favorite, The Menu, mm. featuring Anya Taylor-Joy and Rafe Fine. Mm-hmm. What a delight. I saw it at the Broadway recently. I went and I ordered myself a chamomile tea, unironically, mm-hmm. as well as chocolate covered cinnamon bears and a bag of popcorn. And I just I just watched with like three other random strangers and it was delightful. Yeah. I love a tea yes, at the chef. Broadway. I always get the Moroccan mint. I am surprised. Well, the Moroccan mint pairs really well with the junior mints, which my favorite thing oh. about the Broadway is they have this like little mini freezer and all that's in it is junior mints. <laughs> and so you can get a little <laughs> thing of frozen mint junior mints. Like they're geniuses. And Genius. I will say like, this is just kind of a rumor, but they used to serve Argentina's best empanadas there. And you could get like an empanada for the movie, which I think is so great because it's basically a meal, but it's like so yeah. easy to eat. And I asked if there was a chance that those would be coming back in the future. And I was told by an employee that it's something they are working on. Oh, you might have broken some news. Ah, or uh, destroyed uh, a deal in the making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also loved Barbarian, which I saw during the Halloween season. It was very scary. Too scary. Too scary for you. But yeah. everyone, everyone must agree on this. The best movie of the year was Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm, yeah. I cried. I laughed. Somehow, every single person I've talked to about it felt like the movie was about them. Mm. It was so beautiful. What were your favorites, Allie? That movie is incredible. And I think it is going to win Best Picture. And if it loses to Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> I'll burn this whole city to the ground. I will go full Nero. I'm burning the library. I feel I'm the ending need. civilization. <laughs> but... <laughs> That was probably my favorite movie of the year as well, though I will say there were there was only one movie this year that I went to the theater to see twice, and that was not Avatar, James Cameron. Um, it Sorry, was buddy. Dune. I loved Dune. Dune is visually stunning. Visually stunning. But almost nothing happened in that movie. Okay. <laughs> For- so much happened. Is this going to be the end? A Is lot this of be people. The end di- for us? Spoiler alert: a lot of people died. First of all, and it's setting up the next movie. Like that's a thing. That's like a thing that happened, right? Yeah, but for two and a half hours, it's setting up the next. You know what, Allie? 
in the spirit of giving, I'm not going to yuck your yum, okay? <laughs> some people wore some <laughs> shoes that looked very difficult to walk in, and they walked in them so slowly and so deliberately. I loved everything about that movie. I also, like, the other two that I also saw at the Broadway and loved, Marcel the Shell, the film, my God, a triumph. <laughs> it's a tight 90 minutes I was not expecting to cry during this movie. I did. I was not expecting to be rollicking laughing. I did. There's a bit in there about Marcel trying to figure out what Wayne Gretzky's name is and (laughs) settling on whale jet ski. There's also a bit where someone tells Marcel that they just want peace. And he's like, of course, we all want peace. And like goes on this rant about what a ridiculous thing that is. The movie's incredible. And then the other thing I saw that I loved which is basically like the opposite of Marcel Deschel is the Banshees of Inishirin, which is like That's the on my list. deepest, darkest comedy I've seen maybe in my whole life. Listen, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'll do that this holiday weekend. I love those two Irish lads, <laughs> Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. I love their friendship. <laughs> Colin Farrell, I'll say it, he's about to enter his golden era. You called it. I'm making two calls this year. Timothy Chalamet, out. Colin Farrell, in. Middle-aged Colin Farrell with those big old scrunchy eyebrows and like doing a lot of yoga and not like really a playboy anymore and playing these really sad, serious, like strange roles. Chef's kiss. Timothy Chalamet, I think Dune is going to be the last great thing that he does. Sorry if you're listening, Tim. Colin, Colin, okay. <laughs> at me. Be sure and at me. Okay. I also just want to let everyone know that, of course, the Sundance Film Festival is coming and we are working on a local guide to Sundance. I rub my hands together because I'm a former staffer. My friend who is a former staffer and I are going to do a show together and let you in on all our tips and tricks for having a affordable and successful Sundance as a Salt Lake local. So that's something to look forward to in 2023. What a treat. What else is on the docket, Em? Oh, you know, we'll cross this bridge when we get to it, but we'll talk about the upcoming legislative session. Yeah. And that's as far as we can think right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it is crazy. I mean, like right now I feel calm. I feel like I'm walking into the ocean of like the holidays and the new year and things are chill. Things feel fairly chill in the city. And just knowing that by like mid-January, we are going to be heading into 45 days of absolute legislative chaos. It's a bit of a cloud, but Uh, We're going to be here. We're going to talk about the session. There's going to be so much happening. Enjoy this this pre-legislative session piece. Enjoy the calm before the storm. And we're going to do it together. Okay. Emily Means, have a great weekend. This was our final news roundup of 2022. We did it. We did it. We will be back every single week in 2023 rounding up the news as we did this year. We will do next year. But in the meantime, have a little, enjoy a little break. We'll see you later. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. And our great Salt Lake theme song is by Daniel Foster Smith. We will be back Tuesday morning with something special for you next week. Some of our most memorable guests. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.
I should thank your great, great, solid.